episode 143 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. The Wichita Business Journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. International trade and exporting and importing have been front and center in the news the past year or so. Tariffs, deals with China, the USMCA, there are obvious and perhaps not so obvious impacts on companies in the Wichita area. So I invited Karen Page to talk to us today. She is the president and CEO of Kansas Global Trade Services. Along with helping set policy, the group built and implemented the Wichita Regional Export Plan. I'm hoping she can help us understand a bit better these trade deals and how Wichita area companies might be able to grow with them. We'll talk in a moment. First, the big story in the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal, the Wichita Business Journal, along with Hinkle Law Firm, added out the 2020 HR Professionals Awards. 24 people recognized for their hard work this week at a luncheon. Their profiles are featured online and in the weekly edition, page 15. Mentoring Monday's coming up. It's a great opportunity for women to connect with other women and get advice on careers and office politics. For example, we have a preview starting on page 12. This week's list, the Wichita area's largest fundraising events, page 6. We take seriously our mission to help you grow your business. So each week we offer business leads, do real estate deals, bankruptcies, building permits, who's setting up a new corporation, who owes back taxes, court judgments. It's in each weekly edition. This week it begins on page 37. Back to talk with Karen Page after this. Welcome to Biz Talk with Bill Roy of the Wichita Business Journal. Talking business, your business that is, is what Equity Bank's team of bankers does best. Visit us today at equitybank.com. Welcome, Karen. Glad you're here. Thank you, Bill. Thanks for being here. I have to tell you, when my staff reminded me I was coming over here, someone said, you're going to go on be on Bill Roy's podcast? And I said, yes. And they were like, that's really exciting. Oh, my I said, goodness. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Episode 143, I think it's way overdue. I wish I would have been able to get you here sooner. But well, I appreciate being here. Thanks for having I'm me. I'm glad you're here now. Give us a brief bio. Where'd you grow up? I grew up right here in Wichita. I went to public schools. I went to Wichita State. Um Decided to do international business and economics at Wichita State's business school. Thought I would have to leave, but because Wichita is a great exporter, stayed right here the whole time. <laughs> Good. Um, about in 2017, I decided that I wanted to see if I could get an advanced degree. So I went to Georgetown and got a global MBA. That was a lot of fun. They moved the classroom around the world. Really? Yeah. So talk about learning the topic you know, learning in place is a good thing to do. So So where did you study during that time? Uh, We were in um, Spain, two cities in Spain, two cities in Brazil, uh, in India, in Qatar, in China, and in D.C. Wow. Yeah. So quite, it was quite an cool. education. It was, it, was, it was quite phenomenal. I mean, so I learned from, you know, professors, learned from the environment, right. but also learned from my classmates who were in, you know, from all over the world and um, in many different disciplines. I often describe it to people like this. What kind of answers or solutions do you get when you have a group made up of a rocket scientist, an architect, a water <laughs> engineer, a priest... And a trade professional. Wow. And it's quite varied. So that was literally one of my groups. No no kidding. How long was that program? 14 months. 
So okay. I figure you can do anything for 14 months. That's pretty intense, yeah. though, 14 pretty, months. Pretty, it took me about a year to get rested up. Wow. Because I worked, you know, worked all day, you do your day job, and then and then you do your homework at night. Right. What would your folks do? Um, sorry? What'd what did your folks I, do, your parents? My mom worked for Boeing, and I noticed um, um, recently that Walter Berry is going to get one of the Wichita Chambers awards right. and I recalled that after my mom graduated from Wichita State um, as an accounting major from the business school um, working for working for the Berry companies was her first job after oh, cool. she got her degree so I remember being a kid thinking right. about that um, my dad has been gone for a long time he lives in um, Los Angeles actually as um, now retired um, and um, but I like to tell people it's kind of fun. I'm the fourth generation direct female graduate of Wichita State University. No kidding. Yeah. So my mom, my grandmother, my great grandmother. Quite a legacy. Yeah. Brothers and sisters. I have a sister here in Wichita. She works for USD two five nine. She's an assistant principal. Great. A job that is very important, <laughs> and that I'm glad that I don't have At to. At what do level? It. Elementary. Elementary. Yeah. She's uh, middle school, I think, would be a little bit worse, though. I don't know. I mean, I I remember the principal. I don't remember the assistant <laughs> principal. And my sister tells me that's because I wasn't in the office. Right. So exactly. I, I that's, that's a good a hard, thing. It's a hard job. So uh, tell us again your jobs uh, after after you graduated from college. So I actually started it at the Mid America World Trade Center, which is the uh, you know previous iteration of Kansas Global Trade right. Services. Then um, I worked went to work for a small manufacturing firm here in Wichita as an export and marketing global marketing manager. And then I worked at Entrust Bank in the international banking department prior to coming to Kansas Global. And Bill, I've been here fifteen years. Has it been fifteen years? Yeah, I know. I, I know. I had done age a day in that time frame, <laughs> but it's been fifteen years. You had to have been uh, faced with the situation of perhaps being the only woman at the table at several points in your career. How did you handle that? Um, it is true, and it still occurs today. Um, and I won't pretend it's not challenging and very frustrating. I would say is the you know the the emotion that comes to the top for me is frustration. Um, but I also, I think it's important to say that I've had so many mentors, people, men and women who have said, can I help you with this? Or right. when I said, will you help? They have helped. Um, and that's wonderful, but I, I, I still have the privilege of doing that today, but I also still need to do it today. Right. And all of us need to ask for help at times, but I think there's many cases in my career that it probably really wasn't necessary if there was a better representation right. of, of diversity. Are conditions better for women executives these days than, for example, five years ago, 10 years ago? I think it depends on where you live and work. Right. Um, for me, it's kind of the same. I see. I don't see. I haven't seen as much progress as I would like. Nor, of course, I have high expectations, but I haven't seen as much progress as I would like in 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 Wichita and Kansas and the Midwest. Um, but I think that you know, when you get into more populated cities, you're seeing much more diversity. So, for example, when I'm working in D.C. and visiting D.C., it's 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 very very different than right. it is here. Right. So, to the uh, topic at hand, uh, international trade exports. What's the question or concern you get most often 
these days when it comes to international trade? Well, if we're talking to a small business, the question really is more in the form of, I didn't know this was an option for me. Mm-hmm. And it's really wrapped up in, this is really scary for us. We have a lot of things we're doing here as a small business. We're manufacturing, we're selling stuff, we're employing people. And we didn't know this was an option and that we didn't know that there was help for us. Right. So it's more, um, you know, it's more specific usually the question, but it's usually something, you know, focused around that I didn't know I could. And if I thought about it, I was a little bit worried or afraid. Afraid. It could be in- intimidating, yeah, probably. It's quite, I think overwhelming is the feeling that we get a lot of times. And we say, no, 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 this is fine. Not only are we sitting in front of you, but we have a whole bunch of friends. You're right. not alone. We can help you do this. So right. kind of fun. Talk about the impact of tariffs. Um, has that impacted a lot of businesses in South Central Kansas? Of course, we have a large manufacturing uh, base here, and uh, steel, of course, has had tariffs, aluminum, those mm. side, sorts of things. Have you seen a lot of impact or heard from companies, business yes. leaders? Yeah, so um, my profession is international trade, and I tend to be a person who likes free trade. You bet, yeah. Um, so tariffs are never going to be okay with me. So mm-hmm. I always like to start out and answer the question this way. You're never going to get me to say that it's okay to have tariffs right. because a tariff is a tax, And I don't know about you or your listeners, I'm not a fan of taxes. It's almost tax season, right? So I I don't like the tariffs. I don't think they're helpful um, in any way whatsoever. Uh, I don't care what the politicians say. I would just tell them and tell you they're wrong. Mm -hmm. And I've told them to their face. So um, they're just wrong. Taxing uh, our inputs on manufacturing is actually quite... Um, uh, of a challenging impact for our manufacturers. Um, When the steel and aluminum tariffs were, um, even before they were in place, um, companies were calling us, telling us that the prices for those metals had increased. Right. Um, the companies that we work with told us anywhere from 12% increase to 46% increase. So I think that, you know, we're all decent enough at math that we can figure out that's, that's, that's going to impact your you bottom line. Um, today, they've kind of absorbed that, um, um, but that doesn't mean that they like it. They're, right. they really what businesses want is certainty. So, you know, the, I think that most people have accepted that those steel and aluminum tariffs are going to stay in place. Um, on the Chinese tariffs, on the t- tariffs on Chinese goods, it's right. a little bit more uncertain. We still have a lot of tariffs in place. Again, it's really a lot on input goods. So all of our exporters, they buy stuff from around the world, including China. And so when we tariff, you know, we're putting a tariff or taxing them, that's making it more expensive. Add to that some uncertainty around China in particular, um, plus the Trump administration has talked about there being some more tariffs coming. There there's a slew of them, mm. and I don't see any end in sight. Um, so I think that listeners should definitely um, be looking at their options um, on their on their supply chain and sourcing and making sure they understand what the impact is and will be and probably will continue to right. be. It sounds like a lot of a lot of manufacturers have really hit the pavement and tried to find out maybe there are alternatives to to some of these. Um, to getting some of these raw materials from other places. Have you heard anybody talk about that? Yeah, most people are talking about pivoting, you know, their supply chain, but this is not something that you can do overnight. Right. 
Um, and especially when we're talking about the advanced manufacturers that we have in Wichita and in Kansas. I mean, we're, we're not manufacturing brooms. Right. We're manufacturing, you know, pieces and parts and equipment and machines that build other machines. And this is sophisticated equipment. So even if they started looking for a new supplier or suppliers, 18 to 24 months ago, they may just now be at the place where they can use that supplier. And it that would be early. It takes a long time to turn that big ship. It does. It does. And this is not something, I think this is something that's important that um, people think about when the policymakers in Washington, D.C. are making these rules and they're like, oh, well, we want them to find new suppliers. We don't want them to buy from China anymore. Mm. That's all well and good. But the reality of making it happen, especially if you're a small business, you don't have a supply chain department. Right. You don't have a sourcing department. It's really challenging for you. And you just have to absorb the shocks of that until you can find another solution or the government stops doing that. Do you all deal with ag producers very much? We don't deal with ag producers. We engage with them. But um, as clients, we deal with the ag equipment folks. But um, we're talking to the ag folks. I've talked to, it's been actually a real honor. um, Kansas Farm Bureau asked me to speak um, a couple times in the last six months. So that's a... That's a rowdy crowd when it comes to tariffs. <laughs> they, yeah, and they, a, lot of, a lot of different opinions, I would assume. Uh, no, they're pretty much in... Are they all... Yeah, they don't like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, because they're getting the retaliatory tariffs, so they're right. getting the brunt of the retaliation, right. so they, they don't care for that. And then the their equipment prices have increased because of the tariffs right. on the U.S. imports, so right. they're kind of getting it on both sides of the sticks. So they don't like it at all. They're they're pretty much in unison. We don't like that. <laughs> they're having they're having a tough time. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully they can survive through it. I hope so. Um, let's talk about uh, USMCA. Mm-hmm. Talk about how that impacts South Central Kansas, and uh, do you feel like it's a uh, a great improvement over NAFTA? So Canada and Mexico are our two largest trading partners. So the North American trade area or and what will you know we have nafta now um what will be hopefully get usmca here soon is really important for our manufacturers and and are the folks who buy from i mean you as consumers we're seeing the impact of that so when we buy avocados or tomatoes are probably coming from mexico right. look at that label um so it's a big deal um it's really important to our economy um to our companies um is it a great improvement um, the answer, I believe, is yes, and here's why. Um, the iPhone came out in 2007, right? Um, NAFTA came out in 1994. Hard to believe it was that many years ago. It was. years ago. It was a long... So just thinking about the iPhone and how many digital changes and electronic changes we've experienced right. since 2007, right. then go back to 1994. I mean, I remember this time frame, and we still had thermal fax paper. I mean, this was so, <laughs> just in, in, in that context, um, the USMCA is an improvement because it's modernized. So it's when time we say- for, It was time for a revision. Yeah, we, it, when we say it's modernized, that's what we're talking about. Digital and you know cross-border tra- you know services trade and that sort of thing. The other thing that's really important I'm really proud of is that for the first time, um, the U.S. has ratified a trade agreement that has a small business chapter in it. Mm. And some of the work that I do in Washington, D.C., we help to create that chapter. So it really looks out for small businesses in a way that's never been done before. 
that's great news. It is great. Um, and, you know, I always tell people it's really corny, but I always tell people if it helps small businesses, it helps all businesses. You bet. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. We have, uh, I say we, the administration has signed a phase one deal with China. Mm. Um, what do we know about that? And, and will that have a big impact? And of course, there's more to come. This trade war with China continues, even though phase one has been at least uh, at this point signed. When we talk to one another and we improve the circumstances, I think that's good. But calling the phase one a trade agreement is really a stretch. Really, And deal is a very loosey-goosey kind of word to use. Right. It's a deal. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing that the listeners need to understand um, is that um, the details of that are pretty scarce. So I can't really tell you whether it be beneficial or not, because I don't know what the details are. Mm. Um, the text is available, but even if you read the text of the trade deal, the China trade phase one, you will find yourself asking a lot of questions. If you were going to use or try to benefit from it, you wouldn't know exactly how to do that. I did see an announcement from USTR today that said that they had set up an office that will be run, I think, by the, um, I don't know if it's USDOC or US, U.S. Department of Commerce or U.S. Trade Representative Office that will do this, that will be a monitor of the enforcement of that. Okay. Um, but I don't know what, I think that the ag folks will benefit the most, but really it's just not enough information for anyone to know. I've asked the question and it's pretty, pretty scarce, the responses. More info to come, hopefully, on that. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Does Wichita still have a presence in China? Companies still doing business in China oh, yes. or manufacturing yes. in China? China has been in our top five export destination markets for many years now. Right. And um, and when we still buy, you know, items from China as well. So I mean, it's a significant trading. It's in the top five for trading partners right. for, for Wichita and for Kansas companies. So and Kansas companies have a presence there as they far do. as... I mean, yeah, yeah, they do. Okay. Um, and it'll be the larger companies that mostly have a presence, right. but there's a lot of small companies that do business in China. And and I always re- remind folks that it's not just buying from China, which we, I think, automatically think of because they're the sort of the manufacturer of the world, but, um, but we sell to China. So when I'm talking about top five markets, I'm talking about they're buying from us. Right. So whether it's airplanes or um, even airplane parts to agricultural equipment to balloons. I mean, we, we have an array of things that we're selling to China. So right. we really want to make sure those um, those relationships are really maintained and they're strong and that we have, you know, the ability to do business with one another and the certainty to do so. What uh, services does your organization offer a company that's looking to grow, looking to start exports? What's What should be their first step with you? Uh, just give us a call or LinkedIn message us or email us or use this, you know, use this blog and ping us. Um, uh, we, um, we help companies by guiding them through the export process. And what that means is our job is to help them grow through selling their products to foreign customers. And it can be an arduous task. It can be a long process. It can be intimidating or, um, you know, just overwhelming. And our job is to be the guide to help them understand 
not only what the next step is, but what the next five steps are, and then how to get do that quickly and effectively. Um, the results that we, we see with our companies are um, what they feel is we're just shortening the process because we have a lot of smart companies. I mean, they're just amazing at what they do. Mm-hmm. They can definitely do this without us. It just takes longer and it's more painful. Right. So... That's kind of, that's in a nutshell what we do. We, we help them market research strategy, getting them, you know, list of potential buyers, um, helping again, to find distributors, just on and on and on. Don't be intimidated by the thought of, oh my gosh, we're going to expand internationally. No, it's easy. Um, it, it can be done. Yeah, it's definitely not, I always tell people, it's not rocket science. It's just work. Right. That's all it is. Right. And there's a whole ecosystem of people available to help both from the public sector and the private sector and and we know we know pretty much all of them right so it's it makes it easier for a small business when we get up in the morning our goal is to get the highest quality export assistance to our customers as possible at a price they can afford so we're working you know on getting federal grants so that we can you know help you know alleviate some of those costs we're working on you know our relationships with um, professional service providers so that we can get them to the right person quicker we're we're working on our global network so that we can have the local guide in France or in Ukraine or in China so to help those Kansas companies so we have a whole slew of resources and services and knowledge we're happy to share we will uh, put all the contact information on the blog that accompanies this uh podcast episode. I appreciate that. Karen Page, President and CEO of Kansas Global Trade Services. Thank you very much for being here. We appreciate it. Time went quickly. Lots of great information. Thank you. It did go quickly, Bill. Thanks for having me. You bet. Back in a moment. At Equity Bank, stories of growing businesses are a favorite of ours. So we created our own little series called Napkin Stories. Visit equitybank.com to see how some great businesses got their start. Well, that's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week, episode 143. Thanks again to Karen for stopping by. Check out all our episodes at our Biz Talk with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Biz Talk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks to producer Brittany Showalter. And thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Have a profitable week. <laughs>